Matthew 7, 7 and 8, very familiar scripture. It says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. I just want to, this is what you call just a, just a little bit of a pause right here because sometimes I know we read these and it's familiar to us, but there's a power in that scripture right there. Everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. I just want to talk to you about the simple topic of privileged prayer. I don't have a ton of slides tonight. I just want to just speak to us and, and, and help us understand maybe a little bit about this. Lord, we thank you again. We ask you to help us and speak to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, this is part of his teaching that he began earlier in the text in Matthew 6. And 5 is kind of where it begins and it, it carries on through 14 or 15. But Jesus in this section instructs his disciples on how to pray and, and, and he, he's telling them to pray with sincerity, which let me just say all my life I've always heard, you may not have it all figured out, you may not be the best at certain things, but my father's always taught in, in a one-on-one session but also in a, a church, church uh, um, environment that you've got to operate with sincerity. You can tell in a hurry who, someone who's not sincere. Most of all, though, the Lord can tell when you're not sincere. Um, he, he can see right through it. And so we've got to operate with sincerity and with humility. And, and, and so we've got to really, the reason why he's dealing with this is because he, they, they were being taught the opposite with traditions and the way that people were operating at the time because they would come out and they would stand in the streets and they would pray in front of people and they would tell people how holy they were and then they would walk away in the, in, in the dark and recesses of the temple at times, those hypocrites that would be out there in the front, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We've talked about that a little bit recently. But they would pray only in front of people and they would tell how they, I fasted four days. And they would articulate it so purely and clearly. And so the Lord had to come not just teach them how to pray, but he had to teach them how to pray to break the traditions of how they were praying. Does that make sense? Sometimes you've got to not just teach one thing, but you've got to end that teaching. You've got to break down something else. And that's what the, what the Lord was doing here. And, and so, so prior to Matthew 7, 7, and 8, Jesus addresses these, some different topics, including judging others and narrow and wide gates, false prophets, the importance of bearing good fruit, these these. Each of these things were emphasizing the necessity of discernment, integrity, and genuine faith in, in, um, in, in the journey that you and I might be on. And I don't mean that in a loose way, but the reality is, is that every day you walk is part of this journey you are on to, to honestly desire to be closer to him and find him. And so, so the, the, the reality here we find now, it kind of brings us to this this point in this text where we are encouraged in, in Matthew 7, 7 through 8, we're encouraged to, to do something that's very important. We're encouraged to seek. Everybody say seek. It says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And these words, they, they really underscore the importance of 
persistence and faith in prayer as we walk in and understand the power that you and I possess. But the reality is, is what I want to talk to you a little bit about is the, the, the topic of privileged prayer. Because today, one of the buzzwords is privilege. You know, we, we talk about, well, they're privileged. Uh, the reality is that somewhere, some, somebody in their family had to break through something. And at some point, they had to go through something. And it always amazes me how some that, that make millions, millions to play sports or millions to do certain things tell me how privileged I am. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have got on that one. But anyways, but, but, but privilege and that's, about, that's, that's a thing so we sometimes shy away from because we don't want to be as somebody that is associated now with the negative context of the word privilege. But, however, I want, to, I want to take in the idea that I am a privileged person in prayer. I would rather today be able to say, you know what, I see that I live a privileged life as it pertains to me and my relationship with God. Why is that? Because he told me. He let me know that you don't have to go and you don't have to go find a key and, and go and dig it up somewhere and search and try to find the right door and, and go and then just, just beg and set up something and put up flags and wave them in the air. No, he told me simply this, that ask and you're going to get it. Anybody with me here tonight? He just told me that you're going to get it. That's the idea of privilege. The privilege is that I can go to my father and say, Dad, even today at 42 years old, I can say, Dad, I need 20 bucks. And he's going to look through, and he's going to find it. He's going to give it to me. I'm going to say, I'm going to pay you back. And he knows that means I'm never going to pay this back to you. It's never going to happen, Dad. For real, I'm never going to. It is real in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive me for everything I've ever done. It's real. But that's the privilege I have with him being my father. Let me just tell you right now that when you come to him in prayer with faith and persistence, you ought to know right now that you are a privileged child of God walking in this place with prayer, and you're able to stand here and say, you know what, I don't know exactly how. I don't know exactly the way it's going to take place. I don't know exactly what the Lord and how he's going to work it out. But I do know one thing, that I can ask. I can come in and I can ask. I can come to my Father and I can ask. I can ask and it will be done. It's going to be done in my life. These words underscore the importance of it. You and I must have Jesus encourages his followers to actively seek guidance, provision, and presence in their lives. You've got to know that if you're going to have his goodness in your life, then you should ask for his goodness in your life. If you're going to have his presence in your life, then you should ask for his presence in your life. If you're going to see healing in your body, then you've got to ask for healing in your body. If you're going 
going to see the miracles in your life, then guess what? You've got to ask for these miracles to be in your life. And sometimes we come and say, Lord, Lord, I just, I, you know my needs. No, I, there's, that's the reason why we have these cards. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself. There's a reason why we're doing this. We're asking the Lord. We're going to come and we're going to ask him. And we're going to say, Lord, I need you to touch this specific situation. I need you to do it in my life. I'm going to ask while I'm even doing this. Uh, I'm, Sean, come here for a minute. Just come on up here real quick, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I'm going to let you be the second one that writes it down. For your family, you, he, he came to me before service, and when you're done, just hand that, just put it up here, and you can go back. But before service, they came to me, and they said, I need you to pray for something. And I thought, well, this is another one we know we're going to write down, and the Lord's going to do a work. And here shortly, I believe the Lord is going to allow us to see something happen out of this. You see, what we've been doing is praying God do a work. We've been reaching out and saying, I know these kids are headaches, but guess what? We don't get to have the bright wells if we don't first have the headache of the kids. Sorry, Sam, but sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's a lot. But the Lord's going to make a way where there seems to be no way only if you first ask. You've got to 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 ask. And I'll tell you this, when you ask, the Lord's going to do a work. But you don't get there unless you first ask. You've got to ask. We've got to find that this also gives us the understanding that there is going to be a divine response. Jesus assures his disciples that God is attentive, that he hears to the prayers. He's ready to respond to the sincere requests, the, 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 um, the words, the usage of the word of asking. is not there as a figurative way only. It's there for you and I to know that we're going to ask. Just like these kids came in today and they look at me every service and say, Pastor, Paul and I say, don't run. And they say, okay, Pastor Paul. And I say, are you hearing me first? Yes. What do you need to ask me? Are we going to Chicken Express today? And I say nine times out of ten, no. But if they keep on asking, they're going to break me down. And guess what? I'm going to go brave one more time on a Sunday. The chaos of Chicken Express. But they're not going to get it unless they ask for it. And there's something about asking. Asking. We oftentimes, we hop in the car, and I pray a lot of times in the car, and I'll, 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 I'll hop in the car, and, and I'll spend time with the Lord. I know that that doesn't work for some of you, but sometimes it's the best time for me because it's where my kids aren't asking me, and I can do some asking. But sometimes we say, Lord, we love you. I pray, Lord, touch in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, Lord, to have your way, and I've realized there's certain times, like when, again, you've heard it over and over and over, but when Indy got the news that we got the news that Indy was being tested for, for, uh, for leukemia, and I went in the church, and I walked around there and said, Lord, I need you to heal him right now of this, this, this blood count. I need you to heal his body. And not only that, I need you to give him new lungs. I'm asking you, I'm asking you to give him new lungs. Give this to him, God. I pray that you would do it. I'm asking, would you please do this? It gives us the understanding that there is a divine response, that he hears us, that he looks. When we begin to ask, his attention is drawn to us, and he begins to 
hear us and he knows how to make this all work. But all he was saying was, I am confined by what you're asking me to do. I need you to present this and give me something that I can work. And what I mean by confined, I'm not talking about that he can't work in your life. I'm talking about your faith, giving him the opportunity to change your situation. If you have no faith, then you're not going to ask it. But if you have faith that someday it's going to happen, if you have faith that God can change it, then guess what? You will become somebody who asks the Lord to do a work. Passage also highlights the aspect of prayer and you and I's uh, a connection with him, that we have a connection by urging us, by urging the disciples in this to ask, seek and not. Jesus invites them into a deeper relationship characterized by trust. You're not going to ask somebody something you don't trust. Be like me asking Indy, Indy, go up and pull mom's car up real quick. It's a, here's his response, bet. I promise you that's his response. I've been waiting for this all my life, Dad, all eight years. The thing is, I trust him to, to take the cup to the sink. I trust him to let the dog out. But I don't trust him to bring the car up. There's a trust that you and I might have with the Lord when we begin to ask dependence and and, 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 and the trust that we would, we would possess in him and say, Lord, I need you to do this work. Jesus also, this, this teaching on prayer emphasizes the condition of your and I, our hearts, rather than, than just our mere outward actions. Just, just going through the motions. And here's the thing. The, the, the greatest danger that you and I have is to become somebody who just goes through the motions. Jeff Harrison is a great pilot. I remember going with Jeff on a few uh, trips. I've also got a good friend named Ryan Hodges in Northwest Arkansas who is a pilot. And, and here's the thing I like about these types of pilots. Um, I'm not leaving Roger out of this on purpose because for a moment there I forgot Roger's uh, flew, but Roger is one of these pilots. I remember one of the scariest moments of my life. There was a hard crosswind, and we came into the, we came in, Roger, me and you, to the runway like this. And right before we hit the ground, he set it flat and landed me there, and I thought, my goodness. Roger's really good at that, but guess what? Before we got in that plane, they had to go and check, make sure there's no water here or there. They had to check the oil. They go through this long thing, and I'm thinking, man, we got to go. We got to go. We got to hurry, and Roger's thinking, we got to get there. And I learned real fast that it's worth the time. It's worth the effort, and I learned that someone who's doing those things is somebody you can trust Somebody you can trust and not just going through the actions of, of checking these things, not just going through the actions of, well, that, that, I didn't really look, but the oil, you know, that's how I check it. No, he actually was checking all these things to make sure that everything's good and they'd do a little test on the propeller and make sure all the things are right. And so it wasn't just an idea of saying, well, looks good to me. No, that's, that's where we fall sometimes on a, on, a, on a day when we say, you know what, it's just Sunday. I go to church on a Sunday and I'm going to come in and I'm going to leave on a Sunday. No, I, it, it's not... It's not merely that we come and we just are robots and we robotically walk into the church and we do our thing and then we do our thing and then we do our thing and then we walk out. No, if you have a need, you ought to, if you trust the Lord, you see my, what I'm trying to get is you're not putting him out by asking him. 
What he wants to do is, is, is see your need. What he wants to do is hear you ask him. He wants to hear what it is that you're coming to him with. And I, there's no greater relationship than I can have with him when I worship him with trust, when I love him with trust, and also when I ask him about a need I've got with trust. I know you're able to do a work, and so it tells me about myself. I've got to hurry here. But for everyone, this response that we have for everyone who asks who receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The, these assurances affirm that God is faithful, that God will do a work, that he is a generous God, that he's responding genuinely to what we've asked, to what we've uh, 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 um, seeked out in our life, and what we've also now begin to knock for Matthew 7, 7 through 8, serves as a reminder of you and I being someone who is privileged privileged. We're privileged to have a God that operates in such a way. I'm privileged to have a God that not just answered the prayers of my great-grandmother when she said, Lord, bring my husband to you. I'm privileged to be a God that didn't just answer the prayers of my, my grandfather, Paul Price, when he was upside down in his town car or in his crown Vic upside down in a field after hitting black eyes. And he began to pray, and the voicemail caught him saying, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but God, God, help me. God, I pray, help me. His neck was broken but the Lord made a way and he was able to again stand in the pulpit and preach. I'm privileged that when a mom and dad prays God touched my kid that somebody else goes and looks for him and all of a sudden things begin to happen. It won't happen unless you ask. It's not going to take place unless you ask but I've got to ask and then I've got to seek and then I've got to knock but I've got to realize it's okay to be a privileged child of God. It's all right. It's okay to walk in that way. And here's what I want you to get right now is you've got to ask. And then you've got to seek. I'm going to seek it out. What does that mean? That means you have access. That means I'm giving you access. You seek it out. You seek and you desire for the Lord to touch. But I want to focus on one last thing before we go any farther. That there is a, there is a, a, an emphasis here also on this, this knocking. I tell you that there's some doors that I've knocked in my lifetime that I was scared. To, I was scared to knock. Took our golf cart. We had a three wheel golf cart back in the day. My dad went to Harrison and bought it. The steering wheel was loose, and I went down to my friends. I hopped in it just to go down there before camp season, or it was either before or after. And I was thinking, if I can get down there just fine, he's going to help me tighten it. And he went down there, and when I got down there, his name was Scott Hathcote. He had just now had his, his um, uh, Chevy, like it was like a 70 or 80s model Chevy. I think it was like an early 80s, a kind of a box frame, short wide, big old motor. And he had this custom paint job on it, and the chrome was redone. And, and he, he said, pull it over here. And he made me, he, he said, come around the, the truck and come over here, and we're going to tighten that steering wheel for you. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this for my dad, and we're going to be in good shape. And I went it's kind of fast, too, and I like driving it. Stepped on the gas, and what I did, the steering wheel totally came loose. It just was spinning. And I panicked for a moment, and I, instead of stepping on the brake, stepped on the gas. And the truck that had a three-day-old paint job kind of had a little dent on the side. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, his dad, who was a state trooper, story gets worse and worse. 
Not a very nice guy, by the way. Remember Mr. Hathcote? I knocked on the door, but here's the thing. That, that knock there was... One of those knocks. One of those you don't want to knock. I don't want to mess with that door. You know why? It's because I didn't have a relationship with him. Let me just pause for a moment and tell you some of you are scared to knock because you've not really had a relationship with him. You're scared to tell him about your problems because you don't know how he's going to treat you. You're scared to tell him about your issues because you don't know how he's going to respond to it. But if you learn and you have a relationship with him, you'd realize that he loves to open the door. He loves to open the door. You're telling me you fail? Go knock on his door. Right. Tell me you made a mistake? Go knock on his door. You're telling me you, 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 I'm just telling you, go knock on his door. There's also some doors I loved. I loved, and I'm going to make him miss them a little bit. I'm going to make him miss them. I love driving to Frankfurt, Indiana and getting out of that van. And I love going up there and knocking on the door. Why? Because that door would swing open. Arms wide open. I loved it. Let me tell you right now, there is a response that you and I can have in prayer if we learn to knock on the door. I'm coming to a close here, but here's what I want you to get tonight. Tonight, and I know I mentioned it on Sunday, and I felt strongly, and I ordered these cards, and I'm glad they came in. Tonight, we're going to do that. We're going to take a moment. I'm going to ask you, and we're going to get ready for baptism in just a moment, too, and we're going to do this. I've got a few minutes here, but I, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet just for a moment. So Jeremy, can you help me right now? Kyle, Blake, can you help me? You may not have anything right now, and that's fine. You may not have it. I'm going to ask you all just take a handful of these. Just, again, reds for... Reds for answered circles. I'm going to ask you just kind of, Jeremy, can you stand in the middle? Brother Kyle, can you stand right there? Blake, can you stand over there? And we're just going to kind of fill these altar areas. We're going to take a moment here tonight. What I'm going to ask is if you have a need, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Give me one of those if you don't mind, Brother Jeremy. I've got a name I'm just going to leave the first name for now some people I'm believing the Lord's going to bring and I got good news I think they're both coming to the wild game meal <laughs> they're going to be in our sanctuary I know that doesn't mean a lot to some of you but I couldn't get them here on Sunday I'm going to get them here on Friday night <laughs> I'll take it they're going to be in our sanctuary thing I can't wait for. I hope when you pick this up that you ask that you seek and you knock with me. Because if you're scared to knock, then don't pray over this one. If you don't have a relationship that you trust him to do a work, then I'm asking you, if you don't have enough faith to knock on the door, then but if you pick this up, Know he's a God that can work out miracles beyond our understanding. Know he's a God that can pick up the broken. Know he's a God that can change every situation. And I'm asking you right now, if you pick this one up, 
I'm praying that you would join with me and say, God, I'm asking you to bring this, these families, mend these families, do a work in these families, God. And I'm praying. I'm asking you to do it, Lord. I pray. I'm, I'm believing. I'm seeking, Lord, whatever you have for me to do to see this in my life, to see it, to be a part of it. So, God, I'm also knocking right now, and I'm praying you let me in. Let this need in, God. I pray you'd open your arms wide. I pray you would allow me to come into the next place, Lord, that you have for me, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. If you have a need here tonight, I know there's some needs here. I know there's, I know there's some. I'm asking you to be bold just for a moment. Would you come take a card? And we're going to give you a second. You might want to find a place. You can sit down. You can kneel. You can pray. You can stay with us up here, whatever it is. You can put a name. You can put a, a, a need. Some have put, I know there's, there's needs already here.